Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and as always, I'm joined by my partner in film, Devin. And today, we're here to give our spoiler-free thoughts on The Last Voyage of the Demeter. What a title. I know it, it's it's a weird title because I you know I was telling my mom about this the other day. I was like, yeah, I'm going to the movie. She's like, oh, what are you going to go see? I was like, oh, it's the last voyage of the Demeter. She's like, the what? <laughs> I was like, exactly. Yeah, I, I think that's a bit of an issue. Yeah, it's it's a lengthy title, and I don't know if it's like, I don't know if it's like, I mean, obviously, if it's on purpose or not, but it's. It's, I don't think the fact that it's a lengthy title, it's the fact that it doesn't flow well together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially for a general audience. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's the weirdest thing in the world. But before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to our show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and threads at Film Optics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. So, Devin, it is a Thursday night. Uh, I believe you saw this yesterday on Wednesday. I was not able to see my screening. I had some prior work obligations and some other obligations I had to take care of. But I was able to see it. The day after, so I, you know, the screenings for this were literally the day before Thursday nights. Technically, this film hits theaters on August 11th, Friday, August 11th, 2023. But wanted to ask you, how's your week been? What you've been watching? What you've been playing? What's going on in the life of Devin? It's been a solid week. Been mostly just playing some games. Uh, football, football is finally back, which is nice. We got hard knocks here. Got some preseason games. It's nice to have that back. Yeah, football is finally... Well, okay, yeah, football's back. It's preseason. Like, I I need to... (laughs) Get that out of my system, because I'm very, very excited that you were that much closer. It's August, but it doesn't feel like it's August. Like, I I don't know what month it feels like, but it, it... August never feels like anything. It doesn't, because, I mean, there's... You know, there's movies that are out there. It, I would honestly say between August and September, it might be more of a lighter workload or light month for for movies until we hit like the October, November, December type situation between uh, the last three months of the year. But yeah, August always feels weird. September, I'm like in full Harry Potter mode <laughs> uh, because September 1st is when the kids go back to school. But yeah, you know, it's the beginning of for schools everywhere, you know, just uh, across the the country, across the, the globe. You know, I'm not entirely sure what everyone's school situation is, but here in good old Music City, they're starting school back this week. So I'm sure a lot of parents are happy to have their kids out of the house for, you know, seven to eight hours a day. Yeah. August. <laughs> yes. The, the moral of the story is August sucks <laughs> it really the dead re- of summer there's no holidays school is coming soon it's not fall yet but it's still hot summer 
Yeah, I know what you mean, but I'm I'm glad that you're you're doing good. You know, you've been um, playing some Ratchet and Clank from what I've seen. You got a PlayStation Five controller, one that works finally. Yes, I did the nice <laughs> the nice black one. I think that's the most popular color that I've seen. The midnight black one. Yeah, so I have a midnight black one. Well, you know, when I had my PS5, I had a white controller. Wasn't super crazy about it, so I actually sold it because it just, I just didn't like it. I uh, got new dark plates for my PlayStation 5, bought a, I sold my white controller, got a black controller, and now I have a red controller as well because uh, PlayStation's having like a random back to school sale on like all things PlayStation. And I canceled that Spider Man 2 controller so fast <laughs> because, like, I mean, yeah, it's Spider Man, but Half they're the also price, basically. Basic. I got mine for 30. I had some Sam's Club dollars because I know the red one was a little bit more expensive. But yeah, the uh, Spider-Man 2 limited edition uh, controller is like $80. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to cancel that and grab a red one. It's not Spider-Man red, but it's a second controller. And those things are not cheap <laughs> to begin with. They're like 80 bucks usually. But outside of at i've just been watching some succession you know i gotta i'm trying to finish that up i watched um teenage mutant ninja turtles uh or batman versus the teenage mutant ninja yeah, turtles. i've seen you i saw you've been on quite the turtle spree here <laughs> i have i've i've pretty much watched all the turtle content or movie wise that i can theatrically at least um outside of the uh, Michael Bay produced ones. But I also wanted to mention before we get into our review here today, uh, the first half of this review is going to be a spoiler free discussion of the last voyage of the Demeter. And on the back half of this episode, I will be covering enter the dragon, the 4k Blu-ray release. So definitely stick around for that. And without further delay, we're going to jump right into the first part of this episode, which, of course, is our spoiler-free review of The Last Voyage of the Demeter. I do not like that title. It's really annoying. The more you say it, the worse it sounds. It, it really, really does sound... Yeah, it's, it's almost like a chore to say. It's like the fantabulous emancipation of one... Harley Quinn, or it was a birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. And then they just changed it to birds of prey, which would have been, you know, the, the smart thing to do. But like, as Devin has said, yeah, I'm on a big turtle kick, but without further delay, we'll be right back after this introduction to the last voyage of the Demeter. It is spoken in my village of an evil that lives in the mountains above. Evil? An evil that appears as a man when it wants to hide its true nature. And that night, he feeds on the blood of the innocent. The elders, they made bargains for the safety of our people. You were given to this man? It is not a man. Then an animal? No, it is not some mindless animal either. Do not make that mistake. We call him Dracula. And you, you believe that he brought you on board? Why? He brought me here to feed. 
He is here, Mr. Clements. The thing that wears the skin of a man. In the night, it drinks our blood and he is on this ship. Which means that we will never leave it. And we are back with our spoiler-free review. Again, that is spoiler-free, so you do not have to worry about us spilling the tea here. We're just going to give our initial reactions of this film. I just got out of the theater seeing this as Devin saw it the day before me. And yeah, this movie drops on August 11th, 2023 in theaters. We'll see how long of a theatrical run that it actually has. So the director of this film is Andre Overdell, and the writers include Bram Stoker, Zach Owix, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, and Braggy F. Schutz, and stars Corey Hawkins, Alison Francisio, uh, Fran, Francosi, and Liam Cunningham. You may know him from... Game of Thrones. That is right. Mr. Game of Thrones. I absolutely love how Liam Cunningham is in this series. You may know him as Davos Seaworth. Because that was that was his character that he played on Game of Thrones. And it was it was really awesome. He was fantastic. Devin is missing out on a lot of great yeah. television. But we're going to get straight into our initial reactions here. So I'm going to pass it over to Devin so we can give his initial reactions, his spoiler-free reactions to The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to quickly mention Bram Stoker is uh, the original writer of Bram Stoker's Dracula. So he's kind of oh. got that. He's, that's why he's got the credit listed. So just nice. thought I'd throw that out there. But going into this one, um, we keep talking about the title. It is not a great title. Not going to draw many people in, I don't think. And that's kind of the, what I kept thinking throughout this movie. And after seeing it is, I don't, I don't really know how much of an audience this movie is going to have because it's very interesting that a movie like this even gets made in the first place. Because you don't usually see a two-hour like vampire pirate esque like epic in theaters anymore. Like to have a movie like that made where it it's not really what you would expect when you see the trailer. It's not really a slasher movie um, where there's kind of like a creature feature, like you might think it's more so an epic adventure with some horror elements where you have a group of characters trying to get through a ship escapade. And then there just happens to be like a monstrous villain on on board. And I know the director mentioned that he wanted to try to make aliens on a ship, which is definitely a good selling point to start with where you have an iconic franchise and you try to just make that in the high seas instead of in space. I can definitely see some areas where they succeeded in that, but there's also definitely some issues specifically around the actual vampire itself and just how it looks and how it, how it kind of moves around it. They went with, it seems like they went with like a mostly CGI vampire, which I think is the main issue because it just, it doesn't look great in some shots, especially when it's like moving or attacking people. It just looks a little bit off. Um, It does look like there's some shots where it was practical, which uh, there's definitely some cool shots in there, but overall the vampire part is probably the weakest part of the movie, which is definitely an issue when the movie is like supposed to be a vampire movie. When when you don't nail that part, it's kind of tough, but I do think there's definitely some positives as far as 
the story goes. They did a good job of making us care about these characters because most of the time in horror movies, the characters are dumb and you just don't really care about them. And if they die, they die. But in this one, they gave some stakes and they gave some some cool interactions and they gave some some reasons to actually enjoy and like these characters, which is really well done. Especially, there is um, a, lot of, a lot of animals in this one they don't want to see go. There's a child that is in this movie. Um, definitely needs to some drama. And the main character, played by Corey Hawkins, he did a great job. Um, like you mentioned before, Liam Cunningham is the captain. He played a great captain. He's got that look. He's got that voice. He just sounds like, sounded like a captain. Um, overall... I'd say it's pretty enjoyable. Um, like a solid movie, definitely has its issues, and it, you kind of have to have your expectations in check when you go into seeing this one because it might not be what you're looking for. But if it is what you're looking for, if you're looking for a two-hour vampire at sea epic, this one's for you. That is, I think we can end the podcast right there. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, <great>. really, <laughs> really uh, nailed it there. All right, on, on on to the second part. Let's go, let's go. But no, um, I I agree with what with Devin was saying. I didn't really know what to expect from this movie when I first saw the trailer. I was hooked, and I was like, "Oh, that's an odd title." You know, we've already kind of talked about the title and how weird it is. But I actually wanted to clear some things up because towards the end of this film, before I get into my initial reactions. Although the credits read based on a chapter, The Captain's Log of Dracula by Bram Stoker, that is not entirely accurate. Chapter 7 of Dracula is actually um, entitled The Cutting from the Daily Graph, 8 August. And within that chapter, there's a section Log of the Demeter. This section and parts before and after the section within chapter seven is what the film is more precisely based on. If that makes any sense, it's kind of like chap bookception, you know, like it's based off logs and based off some chapters here for um, after and before. So that's pretty interesting. And also I wanted to just kind of throw out there. This is actually the second 2023 Universal film featuring Count Dracula, the other one being Renfield that came out earlier this year in 2023. So, like, hats off to Universal for keeping yeah, the, taking the advantage of the, of the Universal monster IP. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not, don't jump into a universe or anything like they tried with Tom Cruise, but no, it's, this is no. a good start. No, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And one little bit of trivia before I kind of get into my initial reactions. Despite being le- released by Universal Studios, there's no merchandise or marketing of the film in any of the Universal theme parks, which is pretty interesting. I thought that was pretty interesting, just to kind of name that all together. And also... I, I, have, I have two more, I promise, that I'll get into my... So this is not the... So um, Liam Cunningham is not the only Game of Thrones actor here. And I thought she looked familiar. The main or the the only female character uh, in this <laughs> in this film, um, Asling Fransosi. So she actually played Lyanna Stark in Game of Thrones as well. I was like, she looks so familiar to me and I could not 
figure it out. But I just wanted to throw those little uh, tidbit trivia uh, bits out there for everyone. So uh, we got some Game of Thrones stuff in here, which is probably why I enjoyed it um, as much as I did. But I will agree with Devin. This is kind of like a just a voyage, obviously, of, you know, point A to point B. It has a lot of horror elements in it. I wouldn't necessarily call this a horror film, more so thriller, I would say. But this film does take a lot of daring leaps when it comes to, you know, the murder of animals, the murder of children um, in this movie, which usually never happens when it comes to like slasher esque movies where, you know, where you see like. Uh, a cat or a dog or, you know, some other kind of, you know, household pet uh, get murdered or especially the the murder of uh, of children, which I think it was uh, the Ro- Evil Dead Rise kind of played around with that as well. But this film felt authentic and I knew it was based off of a book. I knew it was based off of a few chapters and it definitely played that way. And I love the way how it plays. You know, there's only a certain amount of characters on this boat. They're on a ship to England and then things kind of go sideways where, you know, they're trying to carry all this cargo. They're trying to make their they're trying to make their bonus by getting there within a timely manner to deliver this cargo. And then they find out that Dracula's on board, which is really weird, but I got to say the ending of this movie kind of left me wanting more. If that makes any sense, like this feels like a prologue to something else that they could have set up. I'm not sure if this should have been a series or not, but like towards the very end, I was like, Oh man, like they did, did, did they get me with this movie? Because there are a lot of horror elements in this film where it's done very well. And I think that the performances were great. And then, like Devin said, outside of the title, it's mainly Dracula. Like, obviously, he looks great when it comes to, like, the sky lightning shots. And there's a lot of fog shots with um, in this when it comes to the production. You know, it, it looks really great. But the, the Also, the, the fire flame shots and the rain shots also looked really good. It's just like they they didn't just they just didn't nail Dracula, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. So the fire flame shots, you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of Midnight Mass. That's what it, that's what that reminds me of. I kept yeah, I thinking can see that. that for the sure. Vampire theme. Yeah, the vampire theme. But yeah, Dracula himself, he it's you know, he I wish he would have looked more like Dracula, but obviously this is, you know, their take, their adaptation of Dracula, where he is like this just giant winged bat that's just, <laughs> you know, flapping all over the place. He's basically baby Dracula in the beginning. Yeah, definitely baby Dracula, you know, as he starts to feed in um, hunger, it's just very, ugh. I don't know. Like, there's something about Dracula. I wish he was more menacing and more... Of a threat, like I mean, obviously he was a threat, but he just kind of just looked like a giant bat. Yeah, he didn't he didn't really cause any like any real terror. Like there are a couple scenes where there's some cool like violence and gore. The very last shot. Yeah, it's just 
this, this movie, they went, instead of taking a risk as far as the, the gore and the violence, they took more of a risk for the story where they took the story a little more seriously. Uh, yeah. Especially like we mentioned with the, the kids and the, and the pets and just kind of the overall themes, definitely a little more depressing than, than you would expect. It, it's, it, it's funny that if you could compare it to Renfield, which obviously definitely more so doesn't take itself seriously. A lot of blood and gore. <laughs> it's kind of the opposite yeah. in that way where that one's just trying to be entertaining. And I think it did a really good job. And this one is looking to make more of a, a serious story out of it. I agree. Yeah. And I, I think for the story, I think it pays off. Like I, I enjoyed the story and I, I wanted more. I, I did like the ending and how it set up more. I was curious if they're going to try to set up a prequel or a sequel, but it definitely seems like they're leaning sequel. Yeah. I was, like I said, man, that ending really had me. Uh, I was like, oh my gosh, like, let's, let's go. Like, yeah, like I'll, I'll watch another one of these, you know, it's, but now towards the end of the movie, it feels like, you know, Dracula, Dracula is like this humanized or not humanized, but has more of a humanoid form, I should say. And that's why I think I liked about it a lot, but it was a great setup, you know, like the, the boat ride, it took them what? It was four months, was it? I think it was four months before they departed altogether. And, you yeah, know, it was you, a while. Yeah, you slow, like, but you feel that within the runtime, not saying it's a long movie, but you, you feel the pacing of, yeah, like, you know, you're, you're on this boat the entire movie. You're, you're nowhere else. Um, it does have the standard, oh, you know, you, they kind of show you a little bit of the ending first and then it cuts back to four weeks later. But I think it does a good job of subverting expectations of the the um of who survives and who doesn't because when you first you know see the oh you know you you see this this crash ship and then you know you're just like oh you know everyone is dead and then it kind of shows you exactly what happens but yeah it's it's a nice little twist like we've seen that time and time again but I I think what they did here was perfect they didn't just cut back to like the same shot as we were um first presented to during the beginning of the movie if that makes any sense but yeah those are just a little bit my two two cents there but i i thoroughly enjoyed it like i thought it was better than what i expected you know not the best movie in the world but i definitely had fun with it but i wanted to pass it back over to you Devin. do you have anything else you wanted to mention about this film before we get into our final thoughts and our ratings yeah i was talking to the, the representative at the screening afterwards just kind of i was just like i don't really know if this movie's going to find an audience just because mm-hmm. it's it's middle of august it's the weird title and it's kind of just like a genre you wouldn't really expect yeah. Most people to be interested in, in the general audience specifically. Like I'm just I'm curious to see how it does. Cause I think it's a solid movie, but I'm just not sure how successful it'll be. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you, Devin, would you watch this movie again? Like not in theaters, but like if you're at a friend's house and they're like, Hey, you know, the last voyage of the Demeter, I've been meaning to check it out. It's um, you know, streaming on Max or be it'll probably go to Peacock, to be honest, but yeah, but like so, I, I'm not. I'm not sure this again? is this is that type of movie because it's not mm. like a movie you put on to have fun with friends and laugh at and right. like just kind of hang out. It's definitely more of a serious, like two hour, like long movie where you're not there for the laughs and for the fun. 
Yeah. There wasn't a lot of like jokes with, within this movie either. It was, it was like you said, it was very straightforward, very serious. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a slasher or creature feature really in any way. Like people just need to have that expectation. It's almost like a hybrid. I would say a little bit of a slasher, a little bit of a creature feature, but more so just a, you know, a serious, a serious voyage from, I think it was what Romania to England, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was pretty interesting for sure. So you saw this with your screening group. I was not able to see it with mine, unfortunately, as I stated before. But um I guess they do kind of view this as a horror movie because like every single preview that we got was horror. Um outside of Killers of the Flower Moon. But I got a new trailer today. Five Night at Freddy's. <laughs> I have not seen that trailer yet. It stars PETA. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Josh- the Hutchman. Hutcherson. Josh Hutcherson. Yes, he's the main character in that movie. And yeah, it was my first time seeing the trailer. And I was like, oh, like, I don't know how many people don't know this is based off a video game. Not even based off a video game. That's based off, like, an indie, indie title of video game. But I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of jump scares, um, which aren't necessarily scary. They're just startling, as Mike Flanagan likes to put it, as he um, so thoughtfully um, put in his The Midnight Club um, series, which I thought that was actually very clever, where it's like, oh... You know, the, the jump scares aren't the scary part. It's just startling. You're just startled because you weren't expecting whatever to happen. But there's a lot of, I guess you could say, jump scares within the last voyage of the Demeter. But let's get into our final thoughts and ratings. Devin, I'll pass it back over to you to give your final thoughts and ratings of this film. Yeah, overall, um, kind of just have to keep your expectations in check. I, I don't really like any of the trailers that were coming out because they just kind of looked like a generic kind of normal slasher movie, but it's definitely different than from the trailers were, which is, I thought was nice. Um, it is a two-hour kind of vampire epic, which is definitely interesting nowadays, and I'm glad they were able to kind of take that risk. I don't think I don't think it, it would happen very often, but I'm glad they were able to. As far as the score goes, I'd probably give it like a solid like 71. Like I mentioned, biggest issue being Dracula itself, and that being an issue is like, the biggest issue you can have because this movie's all about him. So if they could have done better with his design and his overall horror element, then I think it could have been a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with you there. Actually, I was just going to give it a, a solid 70. Like I, I thought it was very decent. You know, it's not a terrible movie by any means. And I don't want people to, you know, think that uh, by the way that we're actually, you know, talking about it, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's the month of August. Like we've said, there's, there's movies coming out right now, but this is really like the month of like the summer blockbuster cooldown where things are coming out, but there may be like one or maybe two movies that you're interested in. Of course, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem kicked off the month of August. And we have a few other films hitting this month. Um, I think I would say probably the last blockbuster of the summer is probably going to be Blue Beetle. From what? Yeah, I think that would be, at least in my eyes, would be like the final like summer blockbuster 
Um, especially like since we're kind of like getting into the mid part of August already, which is pretty insane to think about, but definitely go see this movie. If you are a horror fan, if you are a Dracula fan, if you're a fan of this novel that this uh, film is based off of, or if you're a game of Thrones fan, you know, we, we got some awesome game of Thrones actors in there as well. So Devin gave this movie a 71 out of a hundred. I'm going with a 70 out of a hundred altogether. So the average that we're going to take, is going to be our official podcast score. It's going to be a 71, wait, no, se- 71, 70 out of 70.5. Yeah. I mean, we can round it up to 71, but yeah, 70.5. We'll just say 71 for the, <laughs> for the for the sake of math. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the average will just be a 71. So the official podcast score is going to be a 71 out of 100, just to make it a little bit easier for my brain to comprehend. But that is going to wrap up our spoiler-free review of The Last Voyage of the Demeter that is the last time I have to say that title, and I'm very, very excited. So that is a wrap for this section of the episode. If you like what you heard thus far, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your preferred podcast platform of choice. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and threads at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X. And of course, don't forget to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, or your significant other. Make sure to spread the love of the Film Optics podcast with a movie lover in need. And really quick, before we get into the second half of our episode, let's take a sneak peek at what's coming up next on the show and what you can listen to that's out right now. So we do have our, no, oh my gosh, we're going to be covering Ahsoka very soon. Is that, that's coming out soon, I I believe, Um, within mid-esque August. Um, Devin, if you want to cover some, (laughs) if you want to cover some Gran Turismo, let me know. (laughs) I'll be passing. I will be passing as well, honestly. So things that you can't look forward to for upcoming releases outside of The Last Forge of the Demeter. Uh, We're planning on doing kind of like a special episode. We're still trying to get a few things together, kind of like a a top movies of the year so far uh, type of deal. Still trying to work out the kinks for that, but... We'll definitely let you know if that is still happening. As of right now, we're still going to be covering uh, Blue Beetle that comes out in a few months. We're also going to be covering the Ahsoka series as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're not sure if we're going to do a um, episode by episode for that or just a, you know, we've done this thing recently where we will cover like maybe the first two episodes of a series, then watch the rest and then cover the rest towards the end once the season finale hits it really just depends on what else is coming out um we are not covering gran turismo unfortunately it's just not something we that also we... have strays coming up oh yeah we have strays and i believe bottoms as well this is what i'm talking about when it comes to like the month of august it's i can't say it's dry it's just random movies that i've heard of some but not all of them but it can be a little iffy from time to time. 
I wanted to check something. So outside of, yeah, so we have Strays that comes out the same week as Blue Beetle, which is pretty fun. Oh, that's right. Bottoms does come out um, Friday, August 25th. So maybe that's something that we can uh, that we can cover. Yeah, August is kind of like a odd month. <laughs> it's a very, very odd month. So yeah, we can definitely cover Strays, uh, Bottoms, and what have you. Of course, Ahsoka. Got to cover that. Very, very excited for that. But with all that said, really quick, want to let you guys know what you can listen to on the podcast right now. So you can actually listen to our spoiler-free and our heavy spoiler episodes of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Meet and Mayhem. Those are two separate episodes for you guys. One spoiler, one non-spoiler. You can also check out Devin and I's Talk To Me review that we reviewed a few weeks ago, as well as our Barbenheimer review, Twice the Excitement, Twice the Thrills, that covers our Oppenheimer and our Barbie review in one double feature episode. And of course, you can catch up with our thoughts of Secret Invasion, episodes three through six through the finale, as well as my Justice League War World 4K Blu-ray breakdown. And with all that said, that covers the first part of this episode. So, and with all that said, that concludes the first part of our episode. And I will be right back with our 4K Blu-ray coverage of Enter the Dragon. I've come to speak to you about a tournament of martial arts. Rupert! What's your style? You can call it the art of fighting without fighting. Where do you come from? Welcome. You honor our island. I have a funny feeling we're being fattened up for the kill. Let the tournament and we are back with our enter the dragon 4k blu-ray review this movie released on 4k on august 8th 2023 and will run you around 25 us dollars and if you go to best buy they also have a steelbook edition for around 32.99 which is a pretty good deal if you think about it best buy is usually on point with their steelbook cases but before i begin this portion of the episode i wanted to let everyone know again that i received a review copy from Warner Brothers. So I'd like to thank Warner Brothers for sending me a review copy of this film for uh, review purposes of this podcast episode. Also, if you are new to this section of a podcast episode, this is where I like to nerd out about the 4K releases or just home entertainment releases in general when it comes to movies and TV shows. Usually I'll get into my initial reactions and then the picture and audio quality, and then I'll head over to to these special features if there are any to mention. And then I will give my final assessment as to whether or not to add this Blu-ray to your home theater or home entertainment collection. So I'm just going to dive right on in for Enter the Dragon. I've had my fair share of martial arts films that I've watched throughout the years. And I have to say that Enter the Dragon is a martial arts masterpiece. And it I think it does a great job of blending like martial arts and espionage into a single teapot. 
so to speak, where it kind of gives us this results of cinematic perfection. Uh, the film's influence on the film industry when it comes to martial arts is honestly knows no bounds. And I think that this film has the pure essence of 1973 cinema written all over it. And I feel like this movie left a permanent mark on the art form of filmmaking and for action movies that were yet to be released. But this is the very first Bruce Lee movie that I have ever seen. I think that Enter the Dragon gives off the vibe similar to a martial arts version of James Bond. It really screams that type of genre, which I thought was pretty cool. I like James Bond films, but when it comes, when you mix in the martial arts, it definitely makes it a little bit more interesting, at least for me. Um, I also enjoy that there were no guns really used in this film. Um, you know, it kind of goes back to a time where, or at least within this movie itself, where I, I feel a little bit nostalgic for martial arts movies that don't use guns. I think it gives us better creative challenges uh, to use violence or to sort violence with our hands instead of just shooting someone. It just makes for a more interesting journey, at least for me. And I think that's the reason why everyone loves Batman so much, because he is very anti-gun himself, as well as Jackie Chan. But when it comes to the picture quality of this 4K Blu-ray set, um, I have to say, I don't think a movie has ever appeared as impressive when it comes to a 4K transfer. Uh, when comparing this movie to the original Warner Brothers Blu-ray release from 2000, either 2011 or 2012, I believe, uh, which now feels like a far distant memory uh, while thinking back to 2012, but this 4K disc stands out significantly. The visual elements have undergone an enhancement with careful preservation of the natural grain, which is something I absolutely love. I love it when films have that vintage look and feel and sound to them. Um, this picture of Enter the Dragon results in a splash of colors when it comes to vibrant reds, yellows, golds, and everything just comes to life in a very impressive package. Even like the blood effects when it comes to this film are insanely vivid and showcasing a strong sheen of blood <laughs> thanks to the added brilliance of the spectacular highlights um, enabled by HDR10. Um, that's just a super fancy technical term for high dynamic range. It's just a version of high dynamic range when you get deeper blacks and things look more realistic almost in a way. But, you know, there's so many tech phrases out there that, you know, <laughs> who can keep count, honestly. But I will say the shadows in this picture are insane as well. It's, there's a lot of clear distinction. The blacks in this movie have never looked better. Again, for this movie coming out in 1973, they did a fantastic job, where Warner Brothers did a fantastic job with this 4K transfer. And honestly, when it comes to the audio, I think it's just as good. They went with a Dolby Atmos remix, like a lossless Dolby Atmos remix that captivates um, the listener, I think, very, very well. I think 
uh, Lao Schifrin's score uh, gracefully extends across the entire soundstage as well, effectively energizing the auditorial landscape. Uh, the combat sequences, you know, you, you get those punches, those bruises, those broken bones. Um, they have a lot of well-defined low-end effects. And it, it was the, it just sounded amazing. I, I usually when it comes to older movies, like The Godfather, when I was watching that on 4K for the first time versus the original audio release, the audio in The Godfather was like a little bit better. But for Enter the Dragon, I could hear clear as crystal every single line of dialogue. It, it was very impressive. I didn't have to mess with the audio on through the settings through the disc itself or on my soundbar itself. But it definitely um, it, it impressed me a lot. That, that's all I really have to say about it. But the special features are a little bone dry i will say there is an introduction uh, by linda lee codwell it's about two minutes and 17 seconds if you watch like the special version of the movie and then there's also a commentary by paul heller and michael allen as well and that runtime is you know a commentary while the movie is playing that's around 110 minutes uh but similar to warner brothers recent 4k releases of like rio bravo and east of eden um it's fair to say that you know enter the dragon is definitely following in those footsteps of minimal content when it comes to the special features and of course you know with your 4k set you will get a Movies Anywhere digital code with that, which is really nice. For those who don't know what Movies Anywhere is, it's a one-stop shop of where you can redeem your digital copies of movies, uh, specifically movies, unfortunately not TV shows. But when you go to MoviesAnywhere.com, you redeem your digital code for, let's say, Enter the Dragon there. And let's say if you also have like an Amazon Prime account or like a Voodoo account or like an Apple account, that same movie will unlock across multiple video on demand platforms, which is very nice. I actually use Voodoo more so than anything else. So I will unlock the digital copy of Enter the Dragon into my Movies Anywhere accounts. And when I linked, when I link my Voodoo account, to my Movies Anywhere account, I effectively have unlocked Enter the Dragon and two different platforms or two different services, digital services, which it's pretty nice. So definitely, if you have not set up a Movies Anywhere account, I highly suggest it. It is a lifesaver and it's a money saver as well. But when it comes to my final assessments of Enter the Dragon, whether or not you should add this to your Blu-ray collection, you absolutely should. This movie stands as a genuine gem with the martial arts genre, a pinnacle achievement for Bruce Lee, whose passing occurred just a month prior to this film's debut. And I, I got to say, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's Bruce Lee. Like this is definitely being, this is a staple for everyone's home entertainment collection, their Blu-ray collection. I will say the film does shine both visually and sonically or 
with the audio, I should say. Um, it's a testament to Warner Brothers' consistent commitment to the exceptional restoration quality on 4K Ultra Blu-ray. Uh, there's been a lot of other movies within the Warner Brothers collection that they've done a really great job with, you know, doing those 4K transfers, even with like recent titles for like Game of Thrones, like the entire complete series, like the 4K looks amazing. Same thing when it comes to movies like Christmas Vacation or even the Christopher Reeve Superman set. I think Warner Brothers does a really great job of taking older films and bringing them into a new higher res format um, for the modern age. So hats off to Warner Brothers for that. And again, thank you, Warner Brothers, for sending me a review copy of Inch of the Dragon for the review purposes of this podcast episode. So like I said before, definitely add Inch of the Dragon to your Blu-ray collection. It is a fantastic movie with a lot of amazing martial arts techniques and you get to see Bruce Lee, you know, kick some butt. So that's that that's pretty awesome as well. But with all that said, if you like what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice and make sure to share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, or your significant other, make sure to share an episode of the Film Optics Podcast with a movie lover in need. And with all that said, that is a wrap on today's episode. Thank you for listening. If you've listened this far, I really appreciate it. Um, Usually I I try to do these every so often, but, you know, I I, I miss my co-host from from time to time. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and threads to stay in the know. I'm your host, Christian, and remember, life is like a movie, so go out there and make it a blockbuster. <laughs>